You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hey there, Star Wars fans. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2014, and you're listening to our first episode of the new year of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the Star Wars news related to Episode 7 and Rebels and video games and comics and all kinds of exciting new Star Wars projects coming up. Um, As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Kyle. Doing good. And I can't tell you how glad I am that we're finally in 2014. (laughs) This is going to start the new era of Star Wars, and I just can't wait for it to officially kick off with some great stuff coming this year. So, yeah, I'm excited we're out of 13 and into 14. Yeah, yeah. 2013 was a pretty eventful year, but if these first couple weeks are any indication, I think 2014 is going to be even more eventful because we already have a ton of stuff to talk about on this episode. Um, Just that we've gotten over the past couple of weeks. I mean, it's been... I think about three weeks since our last episode that we did at the end of December, but then we didn't really get anything else, you know, for the rest of December, but just these first couple weeks of January, we've got a bunch of news and rumors and stuff rolling in, um, to the point where I think, you know, maybe last Sunday or Monday or something, I was like, Hey Tim, let's do another episode this weekend. We've got, you know, a few things to talk about at this point. And then by the end of the week, I'm like, man, we should have done this sooner. Cause now we've got a ton of stuff that we're yeah. swamped with, but <laughs> You know, more Star Wars is, uh, you know, more is always better, so. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I'm just happy the new year kicked off kind of with these stories to get the fans talking about and more discussions going on. And just, I mean, this is just the first three weeks of 2014, and there's already tons of cool stuff that we could, that were fans have been discussing and debating and all that. So, yeah, it's been great. I just can't wait to see what's in store for us next. Yeah, yeah, it should be awesome. But uh, let's jump right into it, and what better way to start the new year than with an Episode 7 casting rumor, because that's uh, pretty much our bread and butter on this show. And uh, although, you know, we may not be getting those for much longer, because obviously Episode Seven is going to start filming at some point this year, and they'll already have their actors cast, and so uh, there won't be any more you know, speculation about who it's going to be, but... Uh, for now, we've got another rumor that uh, Jesse Plemons, I believe, yeah, Jesse Plemons, uh, who's an actor on Breaking Bad, is rumored to be you know, in consideration for a lead role in Episode 7, possibly as the son of Han Solo or Luke Skywalker or somebody like that. Um, of course, at this point, we still don't know who the actual characters in the film are, but you know, you can kind of see that guy... Um, in sort of one of those next generation roles, you know, the son, uh, uh, offspring of the main characters of the original trilogy. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I haven't seen any of this guy's work before, but I mean, just going from his picture, I'm like, I could maybe see him probably more as Luke's son, just cause he's got like blonde hair, but you know, they can always dye it or do makeup or whatever. So, 
Um, you know, he could be up for one of those parts. You know, again, it's kind of a thing where at this point, the fact that somebody's rumored to, you know, have auditioned or be in consideration for a part isn't really a surprise because, you know, they're, they're looking at everybody for this, but, um, I mean, if he is sort of in close consideration, if he's, you know, actually meeting with JJ Abrams and maybe in closer consideration for, you know, maybe getting a part that could be pretty cool for him, obviously. Yeah. I mean, the thing that caught me when I saw the story from the rap that's reporting this is that not just this is any old rumor, oh, this actor is being considered for the role, but the rap is saying that he's pretty much one of the front runners for the lead role of episode seven and that they're saying he's going to have like a face-to-face meeting with J.J. Abrams, which um, we haven't heard too much reports about that where actors are meeting J.J. Abrams face-to-face and like going back, uh, getting callbacks for their auditions. So I think that was a big thing about this story. But like you, Kyle, um, we might be the only two people in the country who don't watch Breaking Bad. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen this guy in anything either. But apparently he was the bad guy in Breaking Bad. And I've seen some people comment that, oh, we can't really picture him as a good guy or a good lead character because he's played the villain. And yeah, even though I'm not too familiar with his work, I know one of our listeners, uh, Brian Bailey, he let us know on Twitter that um, he's familiar with the work. He's seen him on Breaking Bad and over on Friday Night Lights, but preferred him in his role on Breaking Bad. So I think that's going to be his claim to fame is his role on Breaking Bad as the villain. So if this ends up uh, being true and he gets cast as a lead part in Episode 7, it'd be interesting to see if he's going to be the hero or maybe even a bad guy. We don't know. Maybe that's what he's going for. So... But I do get what you're saying where he does kind of have that look that maybe he can be uh, related to the Skywalker family maybe. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But like you said earlier, we should be winding down on all these casting rumors hopefully pretty soon because we're in 2014 now and shooting is supposed to start in the spring. So we should hopefully begin some official announcements soon. I know I've been saying on previous episodes of 2013, uh, expected in November or December or before the year is over, but... Those that year has come and gone, and we're in 2014. So this time, for sure, we're supposed to be expecting some announcements soon. Yeah, yeah, and uh, in fact, that was another rumor we got. I think that was our first rumor of the year on New Year's Day from uh, the website Star Wars Underworld. Uh, they were saying that um, Episode Seven is rumored to begin filming April 22nd. So yeah. Um, yeah, that gives us like four months to you know get all the cast and everything sorted out. And, um, you know, of course, that's still rumor and speculation as to when they're going to start. But that seems like a pretty believable start date, I guess. Um, You know, if it's not exactly April 22nd, I'm sure it'll be somewhere around then, you know, April or May. And they'll be filming over the summer and then have like a year and a half to do all the editing and effects and post-production kind of stuff. Yeah, that date sounds about right. I mean, they've alluded to before where spring 2014 is when they're going to start. So. Yeah, if that is going to be maybe not the exact date, April 22nd, but sometime in April. Um, I'm trying to think as far as when we got the first announcement for the cast for Phantom Menace. It's like how far in advance was that announced from when they started showing or started shooting? So I'm wondering if it's like a month in advance, two months. I'm kind of guessing they're going to announce it not too far ahead of when they're actually going to start shooting. So maybe around end of March, early April, maybe is when we'll get that official casting announcement. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Of course, I was like, what, eight when Phantom Menace came out? So I wasn't paying attention to all those rumors and stuff before that movie came out. But um, yeah, I mean, we're definitely winding down to the last couple of months here of all this 
waiting and speculation. Of course, that kind of goes for a lot of stuff, uh, you know, Star Wars related this year, because um, if the Clone Wars bonus content episodes are still going to be airing in, you know, early 2014, as Dave Filoni said, then obviously I would think we're going to have some more information on that sooner than later. Um, you know, obviously the cast for episode seven, we'll figure that out. Uh, we'll get some more details on Star Wars Rebels, maybe finally find out who the new characters are and get a trailer or something like that before that debuts this summer. So, um, you know, there's a lot of like actual Star Wars content to look forward to later in the year. But for this first part of the year, there's, I think, a lot of news just to get excited about, you know, stuff that we've been speculating about for the past year. And just like we're finally going to, you know, find out some actual details about it. Yeah, and you just can't help but think for when you actually when it actually hit January first, twenty fourteen. It was like, okay, come on, tomorrow when I wake up, have the Clone Wars bonus content announcement. Let's get some Episode Seven casting announcement. <laughs> like, I know I, that's impossible. That was gonna happen, but just that fanboy in me was like, just so excited that we're in this year now <laughs> that we're finally getting all this stuff officially announced and clarified after all these the whole year of twenty thirteen speculating. So we're still in a little bit of the waiting period, but. It's going to come. It'll be here before you know it, that's for sure. Yeah, although we did get uh, one kind of new announcement, exciting kind of thing that uh, we'll talk about a little bit later, but um, that was kind of a nice way to start off the new year. But uh, last couple uh, Episode 7 related items, um, this is actually kind of related to Disney World and Disneyland too, is they're talking about um, you know doing this whole Star Wars renovation to the Tomorrowland at Disneyland and uh, we talked about a couple of shows ago how that's there were rumors that that's been put on hold. And uh, it turns out that um, if some of these new reports are to be believed, that part of the reason it's on hold is because they actually want to focus on more on Episode 7 than on the original trilogy for all the sort of new rides and attractions and stuff that they're doing. Um, they want to make it sort of more themed around Episode 7 and the new trilogy. And so uh, they kind of have to... And maybe wait a little bit for that to kind of see how that some of the, see how some of that stuff plays out. But at the same time, um, they also said that some of the Disney engineers and people like that um, are kind of in the know on some secretive Episode Seven story stuff that we obviously don't know about yet, so that they can start planning out the rides and the designs and all that kind of stuff, you know, ahead of time. Even though it'll still be a few years before we uh, actually get to go on any of those rides or anything like that. Yeah, I'd love to be a Disney Imagineer right now. Just get the inside scoop on the story of Episode 7 and all that. I mean, how excited would they, must they be when they heard all that? But, um, yeah, it is good to know that that's the reason why some of that stuff we were excited for is going to be put on hold. But they're not officially canceled or anything like that. They're still coming. I mean, the thing I'm really looking forward to is not so much the rides, but I just really want to experience that cantina restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. The best. Yeah, just the fact that a lot of the new attractions are going to be more Episode 7 themed makes sense, too, because this is Disney Star Wars now, and that movie is going to be the main thing Disney, of course, is going to push to show that this is their new Star Wars. So it does make sense that um, what's going to be in the movie is going to be in the theme parks, too. But also with a nice balance of some of the old stuff we're familiar with, like the Falcon and the Cantina restaurant. So it's going to be still a long wait for that. But once it's all said and done, man, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> like I said on... I think our last podcast too. Just slowly convert Tomorrowland into just Star Wars Land. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Well, it's, it seems like that's what they're doing. 
But uh, yeah, this report comes from like micechat.com. It's a website that follows a lot of stuff related to Disney and Disneyland and sort of, you know, what's going on behind the scenes at the parks and all that. And yeah, they talk about how um, originally some of the rumors we heard was that there would be a cantina restaurant. There would be a big Millennium Falcon attraction that you could just walk through and there would be like an indoor speeder bike ride and some other kind of stuff like that. And they said that stuff is still going to be in there, but some of it might be... Um, just sort of tweaked a little bit to include some references to episode seven or just sort of fit with the whole episode seven theme. And then of course there'll also be some new rides and attractions and decorations and I don't know, restaurants or shops or whatever that are just, um, you know, straight out of episode seven. So I'm sure once we've seen the movie, we'll, uh, you know, have a little bit better idea of what to expect in star Wars land and then be even more excited to go there and experience all that stuff. Yeah. Especially when it says that the plan is, this whole new Tomorrowland renovation with the Star Wars stuff is going to be 18 months um, after Episode 7 comes out. So we'll be well familiar with the movie by then. Yeah. <laughs> spot yeah all definitely. the stuff they're including in the new Tomorrowland. Yeah. And so obviously it seems like we won't be able to be there for the grand opening at Celebration 7 like we hoped. But yeah. <laughs> maybe Celebration 8? You never know. Uh, possibly, but we still got Star Tours to enjoy for a celebration. Then, I'm, <laughs> oh, obviously, which, yeah, I'm which sure I've still only been on once, <laughs> so I gotta rectify that. Go wow, out shame a bunch on more you, times. Tim. Like Disneyland is in your backyard. Come on, get on that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen their prices though? Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. But uh, yeah, so and then uh, speaking of Disney, they also just recently announced the dates for star wars weekends at disney world this year um they're still only going to be at disney world in orlando and not in california but they're uh, may 16th through 18th may 23rd through the 25th may 30th through june 1st and june 6th through june 8th so if you happen to be going to disney world at any of those times you know definitely make sure to check out star wars weekends it's a whole lot of fun um although one of the best parts about it for me for the past few years which was getting to see the first preview of uh you know the next season of clone wars it's like sadly that won't be around this year but maybe rebels yeah that's what i'm hoping for just yeah. and, switch and, off the clone wars previews with some rebel previews yeah in fact there might be even more rebels stuff than there was clone wars stuff since rebels is actually you know gonna it's like on a disney network and stuff like that in fact i wonder if we'll get any star wars rebels sort of attractions or anything like that at any of the parks yeah but, maybe and the time frame of when star wars weekend is happening this year that should be around time we should at least see some footage of rebels and possibly some trailers for the series because yeah. like the last weekend june 6th through 8th star wars rebels is going to be a month away as the, for the premiere is supposed to be in august sometime so you'd think we'd see some stuff before then yeah, that's be yeah. the perfect venue to, to showcase it yeah, definitely. And like I said, seeing a, a first trailer for Rebels is one of the things to look forward to in the first part of the year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just one of the many things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then actually speaking of Rebels, we've got uh, a couple rumors related to that. Um, there was a new epi- uh, new picture that just came out from Entertainment Weekly just a few days ago. Of uh, It's a new picture of the Inquisitor and some stormtroopers, and it was from a piece that they did in one of their magazines where they're talking about a uh, 2014 TV preview. And so they had, uh, you know, some stuff in there about Rebels, but it was kind of just all, you know, information that we knew already, not really any 
new information revealed, but they had a new picture of the Inquisitor and some stormtroopers in there, so that was pretty cool. And uh, actually, if you've seen any of the other pictures of the Inquisitor that have been revealed so far, you know, he's the main villain, supposedly, uh, from Rebels, and he's got, like, a double-bladed lightsaber that kind of has, like, a ring around it. And uh, in this picture that they came out with, it's just, he only has one blade of the lightsaber ignited, and that circle only goes halfway around and some people were wondering if, uh, you know, if there had been some negative feedback to the original design and if the team had maybe gone back and changed the design of the lightsaber so that it wasn't like a full circle all the way around. And then uh, I think maybe either Dave Filoni or Pablo Hidalgo or somebody, you know, close to the production said something on Twitter about, you know, oh, that's just sort of, you know, it's part of the design and you'll just have to see how that works. So, I mean, maybe... The, maybe it's like a half circle that, you know, sort of folds around. It's like double-sided or whatever, and there's half of it that, like, snaps around to a full circle when he ignites the the second blade or something like that. I don't know, but it'll be pretty cool to see how that works. But I even think it looks pretty cool just with the single saber because the way that just that half circle goes around, it almost looks like, um, you know, kind of like the guard on one of those old-school fencing swords or a pirate yeah. sword or something like that. So I thought that looked pretty cool. Yeah, same here. I mean, it was actually Pablo Hidalgo who said that um, it all makes sense once you see it in action. So there is a reason behind why it looks like that. And then when it's double bladed lights there, it has the two rings. So, yeah, I just can't wait to see it in action. <laughs> it was a cool picture. I really like how the stormtroopers are, are designed in this series. I mean, we first saw that their headshots, like, I think that was like the very first image we saw during the uh, New York Comic Con panel, but then seeing their full model bodies and everything, they just look really cool. And then just seeing them in motion, <laughs> all the characters that we've seen so far, the Inquisitor, the Stormtroopers, some of the vehicles, just really looking forward to just seeing them in motion because they look great just in these stills. So just whetting our appetite <laughs> for the main course, which is going to be pretty soon. So yeah, pretty cool teaser image to get us more hyped up for Rebels. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And all the bad guys look good so far. It's like now we're just waiting to see the good yeah. guys. But, uh, and we have a rumor about that because uh, we still don't have any like pictures or official confirmation or anything. But um, the people over at Jedi News kind of um, were digging into some rumors as far as like Lego sets and things like that that are scheduled to come out in 2014. And they got like some teaser images of some Lego sets and there's some. Uh, sets from Rebels that uh, the descriptions of those sets might reveal some character names. There's the Ghost, which we know is going to be like the main ship that the main characters fly in the series. And uh, in the description, it mentions a character named Zeb. So uh, he could end up, or he or she or whoever that is, um, could be a main character on the show. And then there's also... Uh, another ship called the Phantom, which at first, when I heard about this, um, you know, this rumor where they just kind of have like a list of Lego sets and we're trying to speculate like which ones might be from Rebels or something. And I saw the Phantom and I thought that might be from the Old Republic because there's a ship called the Phantom in that game. Um, like basically each class, each character class that you play as gets their own starship and they've already made Lego sets of the Jedi ship and the Sith ship. Um, and so I was thinking, well, maybe they're going to make the Phantom now because that's the Imperial Agent ship. And it's funny because even though I – the Imperial Agent is one of, like, two classes in the game that I haven't tried yet. But just from seeing pictures and stuff, I think that's probably, like, my favorite design of a starship in that game um, just because it's really cool and sleek looking and uh, kind of looks like – 
a little bit like a Nabu cruiser, I guess, in the way that it's just kind of sleek and silver like that, but it looks okay. a lot more sort of stealthy and deadly. You know, it doesn't look like a ship for a queen. It looks like a ship for an imperial assassin or something like that. So it's a really cool looking ship. But um, then from reading this description, it seems like that this might also be a ship from Rebels. And uh, it mentions a rebel hero named Ezra Bridger. So that could be another uh, possible Rebels character that, um, you know, they've kind of let slip through the cracks in these uh, Lego teaser images. Yeah, I mean, these descriptions, they sound pretty legit to me when reading them. They're coming from a pretty good source that gave these Lego descriptions for all their sets coming out for the coming year. And to me, they sound... The name sounds Star Wars enough. <laughs> I could see those as being Star Wars names for the show, Ezra and Zeb. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to be like a related duo where Zeb and Ezra, or their last name is Bell's Bridger, or Zeb separate from Ezra Bridger. It was, we don't know that. We'll find out eventually. But yeah, just leads into the more rumors that I would kind of take it as being not necessarily a rumor, but something that just got leaked out earlier than it should and for me personally anyway i'm expecting these to be pretty accurate where these are going to be the names for the two of the heroes we can expect for star wars rebels so just waiting again like we always say waiting for those official announcements because we're getting all these teases and some leaked rumor stuff so we got the bad guys like you said the inquisitors some stormtroopers now we're just waiting on the hero confirmations but we'll see if this ends up being true but i got a pretty good feeling that this is going to be accurate with these two characters yeah, in fact, this might seem like a little bit of a random tangent, but did you see the uh, Star Wars Mythbusters special that aired about a week ago? No, I didn't, actually. Oh, that was pretty cool. They tested, uh, you know, like three different myths from the Star Wars movies, but I was just thinking, like, how on Mythbusters they always do, like, when they test their myths, they have either confirmed or busted or plausible. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, a lot of the rumors that we hear... Um, I don't know if you'd say they're definitely busted, but they sound kind of sketchy. Like It's like, this is just a rumor that's going around, but take it with a grain of salt at this point. But this rumor about the character names with the Lego sets and everything, this one definitely sounds at least plausible. Like yeah. This doesn't have me going, eh, I don't know about that. Like you said, the name sounds Star Wars enough, and if these descriptions are coming off of actual Lego sets that just had you know pictures of them or descriptions or something leaked you know earlier than they planned to, then... It's like, yeah, okay, I can I can buy that as legit. Although, you know, still with a lot of this stuff, you just want to wait for official confirmation before you really buy into it 100%. Yeah, but it'd be funny we'll too put the plausible some, stamp on that. Yeah, it'd be funny too if uh, some images got leaked out of these sets and we saw pictures of the Lego characters, if we'd be able to tell anything from <laughs> their Lego <laughs> figure designs. Maybe some clothes, maybe the hairstyle, but their faces probably not too much since... Almost all Lego pieces look the same. <laughs> yeah, no, and I saw a... I did see one picture, um, and I forget if it was on Jedi News or some other website that was reporting on this, but they had a picture of one Lego set, and it was like a different Star Wars Lego set that's coming out in 2014, and it was... I don't even remember what it was, but, you know, some ship or something from the movies you know it could have been like a snowspeeder or an a-wing or whatever but then um sometimes like down in the corner of the box they'll have like a small little image of you know also available you can get this set and that set and uh in like just barely in the corner of the picture you could see like that little teaser image of the ghost 
Um, and so you could kind of see a little bit of how the ship looked in Lego form, but it definitely was not big enough or detailed enough for you to be able uh-huh. to see any of the characters in that. <laughs> or maybe they just put old Lego characters in there to throw you off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like the, the picture was kind of cropped, like, you know, whoever took the picture hadn't gotten like the full image in there. So if oh, there okay. were any mini figures in the picture, I don't think they were even in yeah, or if there were any on the box, they weren't in this picture that they had on there. I gotcha. <laughs> At least from what I could see. Yeah, and also, too, going back to some of the Episode 7 uh, movie rumors, was that uh, earlier in this year, too, um, it was reported from the AMC Movie Talk interview where there's a director named John Schnepp who, during that interview, mentioned that he knows for a fact that Boba Fett is going to be part of the spinoff movies and that Lawrence Kasdan is the one who's writing it. And while this has been rumored for a long time, ever since the spinoff movies got announced, we kind of figured Boba Fett was going to be one of the characters who would be featured in those movies. And we knew Lawrence Kasdan was writing one of them, but this is the first time someone is pretty definitively stating, yeah, I know this for a fact. I can't tell you my sources for it, but yeah, this is definitely fact. And this is something where I don't take as, oh, this guy's just talking and just saying stuff that probably isn't true because a lot of the stuff we knew beforehand, we knew Kazan was writing a spinoff movie. There have been hints of a Boba Fett spinoff movie and it just makes perfect sense. Really Kazan wrote Empire Strikes Back. So we would think he'd be the perfect one to do something with Boba Fett. So while not too surprising, it's still pretty cool in my mind anyway, to hear that it's looking more likely that Boba Fett is going to be getting a spinoff movie and that, Kazan's going to be writing it, which I think to me is the perfect matchup, <laughs> and I'm happy about that. So, again, well, who knows when we're going to hear something official about these spin-off movies, but it's looking like this one might be the first or one of the first. I'm kind of hoping it is the first, because out of all the characters, I really want to see Boba Fett in his own spin-off movie. So, again, we'll have to wait and see, but it was cool to see, for me to hear nonetheless, <laughs> and really hope it ends up being true, which I think it will. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we've got so much stuff to cover in this episode. Like we totally skipped over this while we were talking about the episode seven news and rumors and all that stuff at the beginning. But um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you that this definitely seems, again, if we're going to go the Mythbusters route, like this would at least be plausible if not. I, I mean, I'd say it's all but confirmed because, again, with a lot of this stuff, I don't really totally buy into it unless I hear it from, you know, starwars.com or an interview with JJ Abrams or Dave Filoni or somebody like that. But, um, like you said, the fact that this kind of goes along with a lot of things that have been rumored about and speculated about all along that, you know, if they're doing any, you know, sort of solo character centric, uh, spinoff films that Boba Fett is one of the names that keeps getting thrown around first, and that Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote Empire Strikes Back, wrote the first movie that Boba Fett was ever in, unless you count his appearance in the special edition of A New Hope. But, you know, he doesn't even really do anything in that, just stands behind yeah. Jabba the Hutt. But, it's not um, cool, it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like if anyone is, you know, qualified to write that movie, I would say Lawrence Kasdan is right up there with the best. And so, um, yeah, just the fact that. I mean, for one, this guy claims he has, you know, inside sources at Lucasfilm or whatever, and he's not going to reveal them, but he's like, 
dead sure. And this isn't coming from, you know, some gossip website. It's like from exactly. a Hollywood director who works with other directors. And, you know, maybe he's just spouting his mouth off when he shouldn't be. But it's like this goes along with a lot of stuff we've heard before, too. So it's like if this does turn out to be true, it makes sense. It's not like this rumor is just coming out of left field and it kind of just lines up with a lot of things we've heard before. So I would also file this under the all but confirmed department. But um, another thing, I mean, I thought about when 2014 first started and I'm thinking about like what kind of Star Wars stuff we have to look forward to this year. I was thinking, you know, not just like the production starting on episode seven, but um, if they're still planning to do a Star Wars movie every year, I would think that this year we would probably get the first details on what the first spinoff movie after episode seven is going to be too. Um, because if you think about like Marvel and the Avengers and everything, I mean, they've got those movies planned out way in advance. And um, I don't remember exactly what the timeline was, but I think once the Avengers came out back in 2012, like we knew that we were getting Iron Man 3 and Captain America or uh, Iron Man 3 and Thor The Dark World in 2013. And then I'm not sure if they had uh, already announced Guardians of the Galaxy yet, but I know they had also said that Captain America, the Winter Soldier was coming out 2014. So like they've got things planned, you know, at least a couple of years ahead in advance. And so I would think that as production starts ramping up on episode seven, that, you know, they'll have a plan already in place for, you know, what they're going to start on next. And um, who knows when they're going to share it with us. You know, we might exactly. not learn any details about it this year, but I'm hoping that, you know, I, I'm hoping and I would bet it's a pretty good chance that this year we at least find out what the first spinoff movie is going to be, even if we don't get any more details besides that, as far as, you know, who's going to direct it and be in it and stuff like that. Yeah, it also makes me think, too, um, if Lawrence Kasdan did write the script for Boba Fett or even any of the other spinoff movies, did he finish those before he went to start working on the Episode 7 script with J.J. Abrams? Or did he kind of leave the spinoff movie on hold, go to Episode 7? And then while episode seven starts shooting, that script's done. He goes back to the spinoff movie, get that all taken care of, finished script with that, and then they move forward. So I'm wondering if anything or if any of the scripts he's written for the spinoff movies are completed or, or if he's going to have to go back to them. Yeah, who knows? Exactly. I mean, I would think it's probably not 100% done at this point, mm-hmm. um, especially if anything in the spinoff movie is going to depend upon you know what happens in episode seven if it's gonna you know tie into it somehow but um you know i would think even if uh you know even if he was pretty much done with it before he started working on episode seven then you know he might go back to it after the fact and go okay i still got some time before you know we gotta start shooting let's polish up another draft or something like that so i'm sure he's got plenty to work on yeah I just really hope to. I think the best scenario would be you got Kazan writing the script for the Boba Fett movie. Then get Joe Johnson to direct it. Uh, since being one of the guys who designed the original Boba Fett costume and made some cool movies like Captain America, The First Avenger, The Rocketeer, just kind of going back full circle to directing the movie of a character he helped create. I think that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean that's something that a lot of people keep talking about. You know, I've yeah. seen that a lot on twitter and on you know various websites and stuff i know he wants to direct one yeah he said it I, himself too yeah i think before even before the whole deal with disney yep. and buying out lucasfilm went down i think i remember reading that you know he was trying to get george lucas to like let him do a standalone boba fett movie um and now that they're doing spin-off movies every year or other year or whatever it's like yeah i think you know he's obviously got to be at least a front runner for it 
Yeah. And then I don't know if I asked you this before. Do you have a preference of what character do you rather see first in a movie? Because the main talks been Boba Fett and Han Solo. And like I just said, I'd rather see Boba Fett as a first spinoff movie. But do you really have a preference or just whatever they give me, I'll be happy. As far as a first, I mean, I know we've talked extensively about, you know, different ideas for spinoff movies, what characters we would like to see, what stories we'd like to see. And we've heard rumors of a Jabba the Hutt spinoff movie, which I was just (laughs) like, heck no. I wouldn't mind seeing Jabba in a Boba Fett movie, but Jabba as the main character of a movie, just no. Um, That's what Lawrence Kazan is writing, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, a Yoda movie, I I would go see it, but I don't really think it's necessary just because I like the mystery of the character. I like Yoda being that wise old mentor, and I don't really need to know what shenanigans he got up to, you know, back in the day. Back in the day, I don't need to see like a teenage Yoda with a head full of hair doing like twenty foot flips <laughs> with his lightsaber. Um, you know, I, I would love to see a Han Solo movie and a Boba Fett movie. Um, I, you know, they both could be good or bad. I mean, I'm not saying that either one is like a fantastic idea because I think they both sort of have that same sort of element of, um, I don't know, sort of the, the mysterious past sort of the, the stranger who's, um, you know, just kind of got that roguish persona and you don't really know much about where they're from or their background or anything like that. And I know that's why Dave Filoni you know, refused to do a, a young Han Solo story arc on the Clone Wars. Like, you know, they brought in young Boba Fett and Tarkin and a bunch of other characters. And he was, you know, people kept asking about Han Solo. And he was like, that's one that I'm not going to touch. But I think if they do it right, you know, both of those movies could be awesome. I don't really have a preference of which one I'd want to see first. Um, but I do think a Boba Fett movie would be pretty awesome. I mean, for one thing, just getting to sit in the theater for two hours, watching a guy in Mandalorian armor, shoot people like exactly. <laughs> I'm happy with that right there. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I'm not going to lie. That's part of the reason why I want to see it first. Cause <laughs> I always go back and forth, which, uh, costume design I think is the coolest in all of star Wars, Darth Vader's or Boba Fett's or just Mandalorian armor in general. <laughs> just seeing a whole movie of, of a Mandalorian on screen. Oh, man. That's going to be so awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's why I want it first. Yeah. In fact, it's – I mean, yeah, Mandalorian armor in general is just awesome. And, like, I even uh, – I made a new character in Star Wars The Old Republic recently because I was playing as my Republic trooper and got some really cool Mandalorian armor and was like, I could wear this with my trooper, but I'm already like near the end of the game, so he's not going to wear it for that long. And he's a Republic soldier, so you know he could look cool in it, but it doesn't really fit. So I went back and created like a brand new bounty hunter character, and like pretty much for the sole purpose of playing through the entire game with this guy looking like a <laughs> Mandalorian. And it's like the old school, uh, you know, if you've played Knights of the Old Republic, it's like sort of the old fashioned oh, okay. Mandalorian armor and. Uh, but you can also, like, it's all gold, but you can get these, um, what they call dye modules that you, like, use to modify your armor and change the color with it. And I just happened to have one that was, like, blue and gray. And so I put that in it, and it's, like, the sort of the jumpsuit underneath the armor is, like, dark blue, and then the armor itself is, like, light gray. So he looks like an old-school Django fit, and it looks really awesome. And I'm, like, I'm never going to, like, change this guy's armor out. <laughs> no matter if I'm... Uh, raises my stats up higher <laughs> yeah well the other thing is you can you can uh add mods to it to improve the the armor like you can add different armoring or enhancements or stuff to um you know raise this so so basically you can raise the stats of your armor without having to change your armor so if you okay. have some so if, 
Yeah, it's basically so that if you have some really cool armor that you want to wear for the whole game, you can do that without, like, getting your butt kicked at the higher levels because you're still wearing, like, level 10 armor. So you can kind <laughs> of make... Good. Yeah, you can keep making your armor more powerful as you go along. So that's what I'm going to do with that one. But, yeah, because Mandalorian armor looks awesome, and I'd love to see a movie where somebody's doing that for the whole time. And when you're talking about, you know, what looks cooler, the Mandalorian armor or Darth Vader's armor, it's like... I would probably have to go with Vader, but then again, we get to see Vader do more. And that's another part of the reason why I'm looking forward to seeing a Boba Fett movie. It's like, he looks awesome just sort of standing there menacingly in Empire Strikes Back. And then he does some cool stuff in Return of the Jedi and then flies into the Sarlacc pit. But I feel like we never really get to see him in action sort of at the at, at, at the top of his game, I guess you could say, or... Um, you know, see him really be as deadly and, yeah. you know, powerful as Mandalorian warriors are supposed to be. So seeing a whole movie about that and just getting to see him in some more action scenes and see him as a main character. So, you know, he's not going to get off and fly into the Zarlacc pit, you know, 15 minutes into the movie. It's like that could be really <laughs> cool to see. Yeah, and I'm really curious to see if they'll make him more. You think they would since he's going to be the title character of the movie, not really a bad guy, but more of the anti-hero uh, of a character, which I think was what I want to see in a Boba Fett movie. Cause I never really looked at him as a full on bad guy. Cause uh, if you read some EU stuff, there is some, like a method, like a code of honor that he has where he doesn't necessarily like just kill people for the heck of it or because he can or anything like that. He has a code of honor that he goes by and just not this ruthless bounty hunter who's just going to kill anyone he sees or stuff like that. So, I think they're probably going to go that route to make it more of an anti-hero, which I think is going to be the right move. So, right, and that's what I like about the Mandalorians in general and their whole their whole warrior culture, and um, you know the fact that they fight for glory and honor and not just to like bully people and stuff like that. Even though they can kind of seem like that, like they'll go I mean, in in the backstory of Knights of the Old Republic, it's like they basically invaded the galaxy and were like burning entire innocent helpless worlds just to sort of get the Republic's attention and make them fight them in a war so that they could, you know, sort of test themselves in battle and, um, you know, see like, oh, we've got this honor and glorious warriors and we have to test ourselves against, you know, the best army in the Republic and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I like that they're not just thugs, like whether or not it's right or wrong, like they at least have their own sort of code and their reasoning behind it. Yeah. And even the, uh, the EU comic series, the Django Fett open season, which is like the origin story for Django Fett. You had those two fractions of the Mandalorians. You had uh, Vizsla's Death Watch. Then you have the other Mandalorians who were led by Jastin Muriel, and they were kind of the ones that were the honorable Mandalorians. And uh, the Death Watch were the thugs that you mentioned who would like pillage uh, villages and just or pretty much acted like villains, but yet the Jastin Muriel Mandalorians wouldn't have that, and they were kind of taking them on. So there, even within the Mandalorians is that like split faction of certain groups but the ones the main ones are the ones that hold that code of honor which is really cool so man mm-hmm. there's tons of stories they can do not just Boba Fett, but just a whole mandalorian series of movies <laughs> yeah yeah and you see that even with the uh the death watch and the clone wars too even though they're portrayed as sort of like the thugs and the terrorists and things like that it's like they're not doing it just because they're like oh we're bad guys we're gonna go pick on people you know it's like they're doing it because they're part of that traditional like warrior culture and it's been replaced by pacifists and they're like, no, we want our warrior heritage back and we're going to, you know, fight and cause trouble and do damage and make some noise until, you know, people join our side. And, you know, it's like, we're not supposed to be pacifists. That's not our culture. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't really blame them sometimes when you see the, the, what they're fighting for, because that's just all they know. That's that's like you said, that's their culture. So mm-hmm. you can kind of understand why they're doing it, even though a lot of the stuff they're doing is wrong and it, it is pretty evil. But it's again, all comes down to the Mandalorian honor. Yeah, yeah, and even though you know, like you said, with Boba Fett, by the time he comes around, like there's not really a whole Mandalorian culture or army or anything like that. He's pretty much on his own as a bounty hunter, but I would still love to see, you know, just some sort of element of that, you know, referenced or like included into uh, a movie. Yeah. Maybe if too, if they're all going to do kind of the Marvel formula where some of these spinoff movies are going to tie into the bigger picture of like episode seven, eight or nine, like maybe Boba has a setup where the Mandalorians are going to play a big part in the actual, uh, numbered movies episode seven eight and nine where there's going to be some sort of a big battle that's going to feature a bunch of mandalorians and yet boba fett's involved with that somehow and his spinoff movie will tie into that that could all these ideas coming in my head (laughs) is going to be excited for it yeah yeah because i mean i've said it time and again that i would love to see a boba fett spinoff movie and then have a post-credit scene where he flies out of the sarlacc pit at the end of episode six and then you know have him show up in a future um, you know, episode eight or nine or whatever. But I didn't really think about, you know, having like a whole Mandalorian planet or army or you know, a whole group of them somewhere in the new trilogy. So that would also be awesome to see. Yeah, geez, I can't imagine seeing a battle sequence with a bunch of Mandalorians. <laughs> I might faint in the theater. <laughs> I might faint right now just thinking about it. <laughs> but yeah, that would be way cool. So to answer your question, yes, I would like to see a Boba Fett spin-off movie. And I don't really care what order they release them in, but if that's the first one they're doing, it's fine by me. Um, yeah, and then, so I think we've pretty much covered everything as far as, you know, Episode 7 rumors and, uh, you know, Disney stuff and all this kind of stuff. Uh, last couple things we have to talk about, and uh, this will probably take up another good chunk of time. Uh, one of the biggest uh, news stories that's uh, hit since the new year is that Lucasfilm and Marvel are sort of joining forces with uh, Star Wars comics. Um, the license is going away from Dark Horse and it's going to Marvel. And Marvel was, uh, they were the first ones to publish Star Wars comics back in like the 80s and stuff. Um, but Dark Horse has been doing it more recently and now that license is going back to Marvel, which when Disney first bought out Lucasfilm, a lot of people were predicting that. They were like, oh, well, you know, how long are Star Wars comics still going to stay at Dark Horse when Mar- when Disney owns Marvel? And so it's like, well, they're buying Star Wars. Now they've got like their own comics company that they could use to publish Star Wars comics. And so I think, you know, a lot of people saw that coming at first, but then it seemed like when this news broke that a lot of people were kind of surprised by it now. And I was like, I think it was really just a matter of time. Yeah. I feel exactly the same way. This is kind of the news we all saw coming or we should expect it to come right when this uh, Disney acquired Lucasfilm, because yeah, this makes sense for Marvel to publish Star Wars comics from now on. I mean, why wouldn't they? (laughs) Uh, but so yeah, I wasn't too surprised by it when it first got announced on uh, earlier this year. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be cool overall. I mean, I read Marvel comics as a kid, Spider-Man, X-Men, a lot of stuff, and still read them today. And so it, I'm just excited to see what uh, some of the current writers that they have right now tackle the Star Wars uh, characters and stories that they're going to tell. So I'm excited about that. And I just really get the feeling that we're not going to see too much of the comic stories we're seeing now, I think Marvel is really going to do a lot of uh, episode seven stuff and just stories and characters set around that movie, maybe some prequel comics, maybe even the first 
issues of Star Wars Marvel Comics will get will be an adaption of Episode 7. But I just think for the first year anyway, in 2015, some of the first uh, comics we're going to see are just all going to revolve around Episode 7. I think just the stuff we're seeing now with Dark Horse is going to end with that. And maybe eventually later on, we'll get um, some more stories set in the different eras of Star Wars. But I think right away, we're just going to get nothing but Episode 7 related characters or timeline stuff. So that's what I'm expecting. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's probably the safe bet uh, to think of where Marvel's going to go with their first batch of Star Wars stories. Yeah, and I would say, you know, I would agree that that's probably a pretty safe bet. Um, We did have uh, one of our followers on Twitter, uh, Herman22, he said, how about Marvel doing a fun series that picks up where they left off in the 80s? How rad would that be? And, uh, of course, (laughs) I wasn't around back in the 80s, so I don't know what kind of comics they were doing back then. But, um, like you said, I I would think it would probably be some newer stuff. You know what they got to do? Get a brand new series of Jackson the Rabbit going again. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) That's going to be their first uh, Star Wars comic. It's going to take directly afterwards, last appearance in the 80s comics, and it's going to start brand new. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if uh, if all this stuff is going to directly tie into Episode 7 or you know if it's going to have to do with the prequels or if it's going to be some you know totally new storylines. But I definitely do think it seems like things are heading in sort of a different direction because right after that story broke, uh, a few days later, we found out that uh, there's going to be a new Lucasfilm story group, which is mainly just going to be made up of Pablo Hidalgo and Leland Chi. Um, And they're going to be in charge of pretty much going forward, making sure that everything sort of lines up continuity-wise. And I'm not even sure how all these levels work, but apparently, like, in the past, there's sort of been these different levels and hierarchies of canon where... yeah. You know, obviously the movies are like G-level canon. It's like it comes from George Lucas. That's sort of top dog in the Star Wars universe. So that stuff is definitely canon. And then, um, you know, after that, it's like, well, this stuff can overwrite this stuff. And it's more important than this stuff. But it's not as canon as the G-level and all this kind of stuff. I haven't really dug too much into that. I mean, obviously with like Clone Wars or something like that, I notice when stuff sort of contradicts you know, stories that I've read before, but I didn't even really know that there were sort of all these specific levels of canon, except that, you know, obviously I've heard the reference to, you know, G-level canon before, but it seems like now they're going to sort of just try to streamline everything, and it seems like they might be going back through the older stuff and maybe even throwing some stuff out, and, uh, you know, some stuff that might have had some place in the canon before, they might be like, okay, this isn't canon anymore, this isn't canon anymore, and just sort of pick and choose what's canon and what isn't. And then going forward, um, you know, any Star Wars movies, comics, you know, video games, novels, whatever, you know, what have you. It's like instead of trying to divide it into all those different hierarchies, it's like it's either going to be canon or it isn't. And so they're just going to try to – it sounds like they're going to try to just streamline things more and make everything line up. And I think that makes sense because, you know, in the old days, it's like when George Lucas was still running things, you could kind of just start with George and what he says and what stories he comes up with and then just kind of go from there. Everything else is sort of under that. But now when George Lucas is out and you've got, you know, a whole bunch of new different directors and writers and people coming in to do spinoff movies and comics and Star Wars Rebels and, you know, just all this different stuff, I think it does make sense to um, just sort of make everything fit within one continuity. Yeah, I think this is great (laughs) to finally going forward to have 
Star Wars books, comics, video games, all tying together in one continuity with the movies. I mean, just the fact that they're going to make a real effort to get everything streamlined and fit together is great news for all Star Wars fans. And because in this uh, announcement of the story group, they said that Leland Chi and Pablo Hidalgo are going to be kind of the ones in charge of the story group. And I think they're probably the two best people for the job. And they've already done it in the past. I mean, Leland Chi's title, I think, is the Holocron Keeper. <laughs> he was the keep track of all the different canon levels. The same with Pablo Hidalgo, too, when like stories would come up for certain things, make sure that certain things didn't contradict each other with the Clone Wars or the movie. So they already had experience doing that. Now, just going forward in this new era of Star Wars, it's going to be a lot more better for us fans to keep track of what's going to be in continuity. And just the fact, too, that stuff that's going to be written is an effort's going to be made for it to fit. So we don't have to worry about, oh, is this going to be canon now or is this not going to be canon and like everything we've experienced in the past of things contradicting each other and then things being taken out of canon. I mean, just recently, uh, The Force Unleashed has been talked about how that's not going to be in canon anymore with Rebels uh, premiering this year. So it's going to be nice not having to worry about that anymore. Just when we read a story, whether it's a comic or playing a game, we'll know that it's going to take place in the same uh, canon level as the movies. And as a fan, that's going to be makes things a lot easier, and I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's going to be certain things that might contradict each other if they have a lot going on. But just the fact that they're making this effort to try as best as they can to have everything fit together nicely is, I think, just a great move on Lucasfilm's part. Yeah, and I think it might be a little bit of a rough transition period because if they're going to go through all the existing material and sort of decide what's canon and what isn't. I know a lot of people aren't going to like that and some people, you know, are going to get all up in arms if, like, their favorite book or their favorite comic or their favorite video game or something suddenly they say okay this isn't canon anymore it's like you know what yeah that kind of sucks but it doesn't change the fact that it happened you know it's like you can still read that book or play that game and still enjoy it for what it is and um you know even if you know in the back of your mind like this doesn't really count anymore in the whole star wars universe it's like it, it doesn't totally defeat the purpose like you can still enjoy that thing for what it is and you don't have to just sit there and be like okay well this is worthless because it doesn't count anymore it's like it still counts while you're reading it or while you're playing it it just might not have as much significance to you know the overall star wars continuity and um you know just because they say you know what's canon and what isn't doesn't mean you can't sort of imagine your own version of like what happened or um, you know, different sort of events or, you know, stories or what have you. I mean, uh, Tim got into a discussion with some of you guys on Twitter about um, sort of where the Clone Wars micro series fits in canon yeah. with the new Clone Wars series and the comics and things like that. And uh, Brian Bailey was asking about like Asajj Ventress and he said that, you know, she died in the micro series. So where does that, you know, fit in with the um you know with the newer series and i mean first of all and tim you said this on twitter too i mean ventress came back in the comics after she supposedly died in the micro series and so every time i watch that i'm not like oh there goes ventress i'm like yeah she looks like she died but she came back later um in fact yeah. <laughs> it was i think maybe there was some clone wars episode where michael cohen was talking about you know i think it was maybe the one where echo got blown up at the citadel and he was like we didn't see a body he could still come back um, you know, like we never exactly. actually, we never really saw Ventress die. You just see her fall down a deep, dark hole and it's like, you know, she's got the force. She could come back from that. <laughs> um, and so, in you know, besides when in that storyline, Anakin's still a Padawan and in the 
new series. He's, you know, a Jedi Knight for the entire time. So it's like that series, or, you know, the micro series can't take place after that. Um, although the, the way that I sort of think about it in my head is like in the micro series, in the first season, you have all these adventures with, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan and Anakin still a Padawan and all that kind of stuff. And then at the beginning of the second season of the micro series, Anakin gets promoted to Jedi Knight. And then you have this quick little montage sequence where you just see him sort of going around the galaxy and like basically just doing a bunch of Jedi hero stuff. Like there's some other Jedi that are getting attacked by these huge, huge battle droids and he destroys them. And he, you know, is flying around in his starfighter and destroys a bunch of droid fighters and is just sort of being all heroic. And then at the end of the day, he like goes home to Padme. And I pretty much think about it where like the entire series of the new Clone Wars, I just fit in that space. Um, because then it pretty much goes from that to some of the storylines that start leading to the end of the micro series where, you know, it leads right into episode three. And so, um, you know, I pretty much just fit it right in there where it's like, okay, that's the time period where Anakin was doing, you know, all that heroic Jedi stuff, which obviously we see him do a lot of in the new Clone Wars series. So I think, you know, if you, if you think about this stuff and just sort of work it all out in your head, it's like, you can fit a lot of it together and and make it work for yourself and just enjoy it regardless of sort of what they label as canon or non-canon exactly yeah i'm 100 percent with you on the whole clone wars micro series thing you could really pretty easily i think uh, fit both series in to one uh, canon level because like just you, i don't want to repeat what you said but you described it perfectly where it begins with the micro series and you can easily fit the new clone wars series in there and then end it with the last season of the micro series that goes directly into episode three i mean even the look of anakin you could all fit together where he's got short hair his long hair his scar and everything so i think it all fits together pretty nicely and until we get a story that well we know we're not going to get from clone wars that led directly into episode three now that it's canceled the micro series uh season two is my canon version of what happens right before episode three and like i mentioned too in the discussion we're having on twitter it's just more fun really to kind of create your own canon really when there's nothing that contradicts each other if you find something that contradicts something yeah it doesn't make it as fun but as long as it doesn't and uh there's no official word saying oh this is canon this isn't just create your own it makes it more fun and just piece it together in your head just like i did with the clone wars micro series and how it leads into the Dave Filoni Clone Wars series into episode three. It all fits together pretty nicely, and I don't have to worry about, oh, this really doesn't fit the other canon that's not uh, recognized by Lucasfilm as being canon. Even that's not the case. It still works on a story level for me where it makes total sense. And then just going back to what's the new story group and everything as far as um, maybe them changing certain things in old EU stories or books and stuff like that that might not fit anymore. That might not necessarily be a worry because I'm just thinking – because a lot of the stuff going forward that we're going to get around the time of Episode 7's release I think is going to be stories revolving around that time period. And maybe we won't get too much new EU stuff that's set maybe in the Clone Wars area or the Old Republic era or the Dark Times era. Well, maybe we will because of Rebels for the Dark Times era. But I don't think there's going to be too much stuff where they're going to have to contradict the old stuff or say this story isn't in continuity anymore. I mean, they might have to go out of their way to do that if they want to tie certain things in together. But I think overall, a lot of that old stuff's going to remain intact. It's going to be like New Jedi Order stuff or Legacy of the Force stuff that's probably going to be retconned or written out of continuity. But 
a lot of the stuff that takes place earlier in the Star Wars timeline, I don't think it's going to be too much of a concern about it being wiped out or taken out of continuity. But yeah, again, well, that's it all goes was... back to the canon and continuity you make, <laughs> whatever's best for you. Right, right. And that's what I was going to say, too, that I think, if anything, a lot of the stuff that takes place after episode six in the expanded universe, a lot of that is probably what's on the chopping block so that they can, you know, make room for episode seven and whatever they're going to do story-wise there. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it might be a little bit of a rough transition period sort of looking back on the existing material and if they um, sort of retcon or throw out any of that stuff. But I think going forward, this is definitely a good thing where just, you know, all we, we at least know that all new Star Wars content coming out in the future is going to be you know, pretty streamlined and all in one continuous timeline. And that's why I think, too, Pablo Hidalgo and Leland Chi are the right guys to be in charge of this because they're the type of people and Star Wars fans who aren't just going to wipe away some stories just for the heck of it. I mean, I think they're the type of people who will only do it if they absolutely have to to make sure it fits in the new era of Star Wars that we're going to get into. So they're going to take absolute care of certain old stories that maybe fans really love to try to keep it in continuity and in canon as much as possible. So I think that's definitely a good thing that they're in charge. Yeah, yeah, I do agree that they're you know probably pretty good guys for the job, especially since Leland Chi, this has kind of been his job for the past several years anyway. It's just... Yeah. Um, you know, you were asking me before the show, like, what's kind of the difference between what they're doing now and what they've been doing? Because they've already had, like, a this guy who's the keeper of the holocron and sort of in charge of managing continuity. And I think um, it, I think the, the difference to me seems like he's just taking a more active role in it, whereas before it's like he would just take any, story, any Star Wars stories that anybody came up with and just sort of, um, you know, organize them and chronicle them and sort of label them in terms of what's canon and what's you know fits in all these different levels it's like now it seems like these guys are going to be more of um i don't know almost like a gatekeeper or something into the star wars eu where it's like instead of chronicling stuff after the fact they're going to like sort of take all these new stories that people are coming up with and you know uh, like ahead of time before they even come out say okay either this is canon or this is non-canon or you can do this because it doesn't contradict anything or you can't do this because it's already been done or it overwrites this that or the other thing so um it seems like they're just going to be taking a more active role in um sort of managing this stuff sort of as it's coming down the pipeline and just making sure it all comes out smooth yeah, I mean, that's such a cool job to have, too. <laughs> that's like, that'd be a dream job, just to be in charge of Star Wars continuity, and that's all you're doing is hearing Star Wars sto- stories and making sure they all fit. That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so because awesome. then these kind of discussions that we're having right now, that would pretty much just be your job all day. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Um, but then speaking of Star Wars comics and continuity and all that kind of stuff, um, this is probably the most exciting Star Wars thing we've heard so far this year. And, oh, yeah. uh, this news actually came out the day before my birthday. So I was like, Oh, happy birthday to me. Um, and the news came out that the final Darth Maul story arc from the Clone Wars is going to be adapted into a comic, uh, that'll be coming out, I believe this year, right? Um, yeah, this May. May. yeah. Oh, in May. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah so this year it's going to be called, uh, Let's see. I think it's Maul, son of Dathomir, right? Yep. Um, yeah, I'm just looking for the name on here. But yeah, it's uh, Maul, son of Dathomir is going to be this new com- uh, comic series where um, it's basically they had already written the stories for uh, another Darth Maul arc in the Clone Wars, but it wasn't far enough along in production to uh, get finished up in the bonus content. And so 
Um, you know, Dave Filoni had said in some interviews and stuff that like, oh, you know, I'm not going to tell you what would have happened because that's a story that we might say for later, it might come out in a comic or something, or, you know, we might do a spinoff or whatever, you know, there's opportunities to tell that story later. But just from the way he said it, it sounded like, okay, this is something they're just going to kind of put on the shelf for a while and we might get a comic or a book or a spinoff movie or something in like a couple of years that explains this. And so, um, you know, for them to be doing a comic about it this quickly, I'm like, sweet. I didn't expect to get this this soon. So it was kind of a pleasant surprise. And um, I think this will be uh, kind of a nice bow for Dark Horse. Yeah. Um, you know, exactly. as they're going to be losing their license of Star Wars comics, it'll you know, this will be one of their last ones. I'm not sure what else they have on their schedule for the rest of this year and into next year. But, um, you know, I'm not a huge comics fan. I don't read like every Star Wars comic that's ever come out i've read a few but this is definitely one that's uh gonna be uh something i'm looking forward to and that i'll pick up as soon as it's released yeah so far like you said this is the best star wars news to come out this year <laughs> for me i mean this is exactly what i was hoping for when it was announced that clone wars got canceled and we knew there were some scripts that are just sitting there that weren't able to make it further along into production I just thought to myself, I just hope we get to see these stories somehow in some shape or form and ideally in comic form. And yeah, this is what we're getting with Darth Maul's son of Dathomir, and I am super excited for it. I mean, yeah, of course, I would love to see it completed as full-on episodes, especially with Sam Witwer. And he even sent a tweet about this, Sam Witwer, he's all saying, and I love, uh, I wish I could have performed this. Me and Dave had such great discussions about this story. So that was a little salt to the wound kind of thing, but <laughs> we're still going to get the story and when I'm reading the comic, I'll no doubt hear Sam Witwer in my head as I read Darth Maul's dialogue. Oh, but, for sure. Yeah. There was some confusion, though, when it was first announced because um, Newsarama had the exclusive announcement and they even had an interview with uh, the writer of the story, Jeremy Barlow, I believe. Yeah. And um, in their article, it said that this is going to be the series finale of Clone Wars that was never finished. And then right when that got announced, um, like, Pablo Hidalgo sent out a tweet saying, no, this isn't the planned series finale. It was just a story of Darth Maul that never got produced. And then um, the next day, actually, I believe, Dave Filoni took to his Facebook page and kind of cleared everything up saying, yeah, this is a story we had planned for Darth Maul, but it wasn't the intended series finale for it. So that was a something that I guess when Newsarama was talking to the PR person at Lucasfilm, maybe some words got misunderstood there. But I think it's safe to say it's going to be the final Darth Maul story arc. And we'll finally see what uh, his fate's going to be, if he dies or not in the story, or if he survives. I mean, I just can't wait to find out. And just the way uh, the writer's kind of describing, we know where it's going to pick off on, where uh, Sidious has him imprisoned in this, uh, just a planet that's just a, a whole prison. The, the whole planet is a prison. So uh, Darth Maul's trapped in there, and then he's going to, kind of still be involved with the criminal organizations he set up. They said we're going to go to the Black Sun stronghold on Ord Mandel, and then they're going to go to the moon of Zanbar, and then Darth Maul makes his way to Dathomir, which I think he's going to have a confrontation with Mother Talzin or some of the Night Brothers they said are going to be in there. So we'll see how it all plays out. But um, uh, one of our listeners, actually a friend of mine, Dane, sent us a question about this comic series, which uh, is kind of interesting. He wants to know, What's, if there's one thing we could see in the new Darth Maul comic, what is it that we want to see? And for me personally, I kind of want to see Sidious deal with Mother Talzin because he has to know she's behind this whole uh, thing of getting Darth Maul back and having him 
get all these criminal organizations together. He has to know that she was the one who revived him. And he, of course, has to realize that she could be a threat to his plans. And I want to see him deal with that, maybe take her out or have Darth Maul take her out. That's the use he saved him for. So I just really want to see how Darth Sidious deals with Mother Talzin. But what about you, Kai? What do you want to see from this comic most? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> that does a lot. It's a good question. There's a lot of stuff I want to see from it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I might have to agree with you that seeing Darth Sidious take on Mother Talzin would be really cool. Except if he's sending Maul to take on t- Mother Talzin, then that might imply that uh, Mother Talzin is able to kill Darth Maul if Sidious has to deal with her himself. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Some way that they could work out a showdown between those two. Of course, obviously, it's not going to be as cool, you know, in the panels of a comic book as it would see as it would be to see that fight actually, you know, take place in motion on the screen in a Clone Wars episode, but that would still be pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Other than that, I mean, you mentioned Ord Mantell, and I mean, just for me as someone who plays the Old Republic, that's a planet in that game, and it'll be kind of interesting to see sort of how close they stick to it design-wise, and, uh, you know, if they keep it pretty close or change some things up or, you know, just to see the look of that. I mean, anytime we get to see a new planet and, you know, new characters, new species, new locations, anything like that, that's always cool to see. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm interested to see just the whole thing in general and, uh, you know, see where Maul ends up and what his fate is. And I mean, when you were saying, yeah, there was some kind of confusion about whether or not this was the finale of the show or of Darth Maul's story arc. And I think it's, I think it is supposed to be the, the finale and the conclusion of Darth Maul's Clone Wars storyline. And it's just not the, like people were saying it was the conclusion of the whole Clone Wars series. Like this was planned to be the entire series finale and it's not, but um, it sounds like this is going to be like the conclusion of the Darth Maul storyline. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just (laughs) excited to see it when it comes. And, uh, of course, you know, speaking of Clone Wars, I'm like, bring on the bonus content, too. Yeah, um, like I said, it's going to be a great way to finish off just the Clone Wars as a series. we got the bonus content, and then we're going to finish at least one of the loose ends that we we're kind of worried about never getting the answers to Darth Maul. And unless the Order 66 arc doesn't uh, give us some closure on uh, Captain Rex's fate, he'd be the next character I want to see maybe in a comic story get some resolution to, because... Yeah, he's the one I really want to see what happens to him. Is he there for Order 66, or did he die before that, or did he leave the Republic before that? That's yeah. what I really want to know. Yeah, I, I do want to see that too. But, I mean, as far as the mall stuff goes, I think in this thing that Dave Filoni posted on his Facebook, he said, like, no, this wasn't going to be the series finale. This is a story we had planned for season six, which was kind of surprising to me because I thought I had read somewhere that they weren't going to do any mall storylines in season six. Mm-hmm. And uh, even when I saw Sam Witwer at Phoenix Comic-Con in May and he sort of talked about um, – he, he talked a little a little bit about what they, how they had talked about what would have happened to Maul but how he hadn't recorded any, any of that and that those episodes like weren't into production and they would have been still a ways off. And I think either he said or maybe Dave Filoni or somebody said that there wouldn't have been – a mall story arc in season six. So it's kind of interesting to hear him say that that would have been in season six, but obviously it would have been uh, probably the season six finale, you know, right at the end of it. If they hadn't, you know, if the the script wasn't complete yet, they hadn't started uh, making the episode and they hadn't recorded Sam Whitworth's dialogue for it yet. So that must have still been a ways off. Yeah. Another thing that I actually just thought of right now was we're talking about Mother Talzin 
And I don't think it says anywhere in that interview that she's going to be a character in it, but it kind of makes sense for her. You can expect her to be play a part in this story. But it just got me thinking to that uh, trailer description we got for the bonus content from that uh, that Poland convention, I believe, where in that description, I believe it said Mother Towson was in that trailer. And now it's kind of got me thinking, oh, how accurate was that trailer description thing? <laughs> Is she going to be in another arc? But I, part of me just thinks they would have saved her for one and it would have been the Star Small arc. But yeah, I don't know. That's something that's popped in my head right now where it's maybe a little contradic- contradictory to what that trailer described. But then again, we won't know until we actually officially see that bonus content trailer. But just a thought that popped into my head because kind of like you were saying too, I was surprised to read that this was intended for season six because we've heard too that they've had scripts ready for season seven and even eight. So also too makes you think of how much of season six we are going to get of the bonus content because we knew going in we weren't going to get the whole season. So maybe this Darth Maul arc is the only one we're not going to get and we're going to get more than we intended to or expected to or is there another arc that we're not getting? Just (laughs) more questions that it raises for me anyway when I think about that bonus content stuff. And yeah. let's just get some official announcement, please. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> the sooner we get some information about that, the better. I just want to know what episodes are going to be in it and when we're going to be able to see them. But it's yep. interesting because you also had said that, you know, back when we were talking about the Clone Wars micro series, you said, like, in your mind, just since we didn't get a series finale on the new Clone Wars show, how the end of the micro series and how that ties into. Um, the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, like that's just the finale of the Clone Wars for you. And Dave Filoni said something in his Facebook post when he was saying like, yeah. no, this Darth Maul story arc isn't the, uh, it wasn't the Clone Wars series finale. And even though we didn't get to, you know, do our finale as we intended it, there he said there's one ep- one story arc in the bonus content that he thinks of in his mind as the series finale and that he think really provides uh, some closure on some important characters. So now I'm really excited to see what that is. And I'm wondering, you know, is it the Order 66 arc or, you know, have something to do with Sifo-Dyas or is it the Yoda arc or, you know, whatever it might be. I'm like, it, I, you know, I think we can assume it's not the Clovis arc, but aside from that, <laughs> um, I don't you know, do I'm just really excited anything. to see what it might be. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to call it right now that I'm, well, I'm going to say 100%. I think it's the Yoda arc because that's the one they screened at Lucasfilm not too long ago. And I'm, they're not saying it's the Yoda arc that they saw, but all the actors who were invited to that screen are saying how what they saw was amazing. And I think, too, that since Ambush was the very first episode of The Clone Wars to air, which featured Yoda, it would kind of be a nice uh, fitting way for the series finale to be with Yoda, too. So I think he's talking about the Yoda arc. and. I've said it before where that's the arc I really can't wait to see in this bonus content. And when Dave said that, I was like, oh, man, we're going to be in for something really special with that arc, and I just can't wait. Oh, man, talking about it is just making me more yeah, I know. <laughs> excited. I'm like, oh, I want to watch it. I mean, you know, I want to see all of them because I'm really excited for the Order 66 arc, too. And, I mean, like you're saying, I'm like, yeah, it would be kind of fitting to bookend the series with Yoda, and I want to see what happens in that one. But at the same time, I really want to see where they're going with the clones and sort of or hinting at Order 66 and all this kind of stuff and, uh, you know, tying in sifo and finally shedding some light on that sort of dangling plot thread. So I know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's teasing us so much, but we're getting so little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hopefully we will get some news on that sooner than later. In fact, hopefully by the time we record our next episode, we will have 
some Clone Wars bonus content news to geek out about. I was going to say share with you, but it'll probably be like, oh my gosh, we're getting this episode and we get to see Boba Fett and da 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 da. I don't know. Yeah, um, <laughs> saying that we're going to geek out would be an understatement once we see that trailer, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the trailer would be awesome. Although, now that I think about it, if there is a trailer for it, they probably would release the trailer on StarWars.com, like, along with the announcement of when we're actually going to see the episodes. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, yeah, a, a trailer can wait. I just want to know when we can see them and what episodes are going to be. That's sort of my... Um, my biggest hope at this point, but a trailer would be cool too. Maybe we'll get an announcement for the announcement. <laughs> Stay tuned for this date when you'll hear when the date you're going to hear the Clone Wars bonus content coming uh, out. <laughs> that would just drive me nuts. And Although at the same time, I guess I wouldn't mind just knowing what day we can look forward to. Yeah, that's true. They've been uh, holding out so long. Anything we're gonna is going to be great at this point. Yeah, if they're like, okay, on January 20th, we're going to tell you what day the bonus content is here? Yeah. <laughs> Be like, okay, plan to record an episode on the night of January 20th. And then the day after, once we actually get that announcement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, I think we've uh, just about covered everything for this episode, though. Um, so thank you to all you guys who submitted, you know, thoughts and comments and questions and stuff like that on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I know Tim was on there a couple days ago before we recorded, uh, you know, sort of asking for people's thoughts and talking about what kind of stuff we're going to be talking about. So we'll do that a little bit more, um, just kind of give you guys a heads up when we're recording and what kind of stuff we'll be talking about. So if you have any thoughts you want to send in on it, you can go ahead and let us know. Um, again, our Twitter page is at Star Wars TSC. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues. Um, and you can send us email, Kyle at CloneWarsPodcast.com or Tim at CloneWarsPodcast.com. And if you listen to us on iTunes, feel free to go leave us a positive review over there and let everyone on iTunes know how much you like the show. If you do, in fact, like the show, but it seems like uh, from the few people we have heard from that you guys are enjoying it. So we're glad to continue bringing you all the latest Star Wars news and updates and rumors and all that good stuff. And uh, hopefully we'll continue to do so well into 2014 and next year with 2015 as we look forward to you know Rebels and Episode 7 and all this good stuff. Uh, it's the beginning of a new year and should be another great year for Star Wars. So thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next time and may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody, because the fun has just begun. Yes, it has. <laughs>